Hi, everyone, and welcome to AB Conversations, where we will help you CFP your way out of it, a podcast where you get into the minds of a couple certified financial planners on how we think and feel about everyday financial planning questions and what should really matter most to you. A healthier financial life starts Hey, Ben. Now, welcome back to the podcast. Here we are once again. Pleased to be with you, my friend. We're looking forward to uh, enlightening whoever to, to listen to this, uh, or I hope it will be enlightening. I think that that should that should just be our just that's a regular motto of ours. Just I hope <laughs> this is enlightening to whoever listens to it. And if that's there you go. twenty people, fantastic. If that's a thousand people, I don't think that's ever going to be the case. But that's okay. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Let's for for the people that it matters to. That's who we want to speak to. So yeah. on that note, today's podcast is a topic we haven't covered in a little bit, um, investments. So we often, I think people understand they work with a financial advisor and investments are a huge component of that. For many people, it's the only component to that. I think we very clearly have a different approach to our jobs being planners first, investments yeah. being secondary, but it doesn't doesn't make the investment side of things any less important. And I think we have we have a different, or maybe I shouldn't say that. We we have a unique approach in our minds. Like our philosophy is is pretty fundamental. We're not out there, you know, selling on performance and hey, you got to work with us because our investments yeah. are just so much better than anybody else's. Sorry. All of that to say, today's pur- purpose, I don't know how I got off of that sidetrack there. Um, today's purpose is no one wants your words. No one wants to relive the results of last year from a market Correct. perspective. Yeah. But there is there is some history there that we can use as a guide to put into context Bingo. last year's returns and kind of our outlook for 2023. There you go. So you hit the two words that I was really like focused on to get this kick started. It is context, uh, both as financial planners, but also you know, as professionals here that do need to work with people that emotionally felt pretty crappy about last year, you know, let's call a spade a spade. Yeah. Um, And also to kind of be forward looking. So I like the way you framed that up. Um, I'll pass it back to you. I think looking at history, um, and I know there's always going to be this argument of, well, history doesn't repeat itself. Yeah, I get that. But it often does rhyme. I think there is Mm -hmm. important context looking back on how did last year compare to what has been kind of expected of portfolios over time and returns over time of different asset classes um, and allow that to kind of paint a picture for us on how we move forward? Yeah, so I, I think most of the people that work with us know we, we do a lot of reading. We hear a lot. Like we're, we're tuned in on the investment side because that's part of our job. Um, and one of the I don't know if it was a blog post or an article, doesn't matter, but it was from Goldman Sachs. And it was a nice little pie chart that just, it broke down historical returns into four different categories. And it really was just focused on what happened the previous year can potentially dictate what happens the following year and it's calendar year returns. So meaning if 2022 was a positive year, what are the odds that 2023 is also a positive year for market performance? 54%. 
Thank you. So yeah, so we can kind of go through that, but then it's what are the odds that a positive year is followed by a negative year, a negative year followed by another negative year or a negative year followed by a positive year. So obviously we're focused on the, hey, 2022 was a negative year for pretty much all investments, stocks and bonds together yeah. down for the first time in quite a while. Um, but statistically speaking, a negative year followed by a negative year only happens 9% of the time, historically yeah. speaking, 9%. Right. So, and that's, that includes all of the positive returns followed by positive returns. But even in the con context of looking at last year being a negative year, two thirds of the time this following year, 2023 in this instance, is positive or has yeah. been positive in the past. So not saying that 2023 we think is, hey, we're going we're gonna to erase the pain of last year and we're all going to feel good at the end of 2023. I don't necessarily believe that's the case. We can go into a little bit of those details as to maybe why, but statistically speaking, the fact that we are starting at a much lower point than where we were to start the year last year, it's all about that, that starting value. So I don't want to say there's, there's only one direction we can go from here because that's not true, but the odds of us having a, a positive year this year are in our favor. So I think that's really important because I don't know, I mean, you and I haven't talked about this. So now I'm kind of like riffing here with you, but yeah, it always seems to me that after a negative year, so now I'm going back to 2018, that we get these phone calls from complete strangers, not people that we work with mm -hmm. right at, right at the beginning of the year going, uh, I got to go do, I got to do something different. It's like that annual statement kind of triggers something in somebody. And mm -hmm. while that's great, we're here to help people. We're here to coach them through that. What you just shared is really important to recognize. The market goes up more than it goes down. And mm -hmm. it never feels good when it goes down. And we'll talk about this a little bit later. You probably will feel bad for a little while here while the market maybe even is going up. Yeah. Because that's just psychologically kind of how it works. So I love that stat because it really puts it into perspective of the odds are actually pretty low. 9% that we would have a negative year followed by a negative year. That's it. So, yeah. I mean, if you know nothing about markets, <laughs> hang in there and recognize that odds are in your favor that the worst is behind you. Yeah, there's always the, the saying that the, there's always the exception that proves the rule, right? Which yeah. I'm not exactly sure how, how that saying works, but, um, you know, l l last year's results do impact us moving forward. Um, so, yeah, well, I guess we'll kind of see where this year ends up, but... Um, yeah, statistically speaking, this year shouldn't be another down year, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, and maybe we'll make a quick pivot here because I think we often use these statistics and what we read and what people turn on into the news. When you say the market, you know, we really are talking about stocks. And yes, yes. as financial planners, it really is our job for the vast majority of our clients to diversify. And that includes bonds. So without going into the... Uh -huh deep and dirty details of interest rates really going up last year and inflation yeah. being a problem, um, hence bonds having a very negative return. Let's maybe mm -hmm. shift to just talking about diversification. Yeah. So I know we've said this on many different podcasts or maybe not many, but for 2022, diversification did not work. To right. your point, stocks were down, bonds were down. Um, and I think We've been trained, and I think investors, clients have been kind of trained over the years that we, we're, we're going to own a little bit in each. We're going to own some stocks. We're going to own some bonds so that when 
the stock market is in trouble, that our bonds are going to hold their value or maybe even increase in value because there's going to be a flight to quality, right? It's these things are going to zig when the others are zagging and it's all going to smooth things out in the end. And that is mostly true. Last year did not bear that out. So I think that also put a little bit more pressure from an investor standpoint of, well, I'm diversified, but everything's down. So now, now really what? Um, but yeah, so that, that 60, 40 portfolio in this instance, we're going to exclude kind of international investments. We're purely just thinking the S and P 500 in the U S and the Barclays aggregate bond index, again, being U S based. Um, and this was the worst performance that we've seen since 2008, which for anybody listening, go back and remember or, or look at what happened in 2008. Um, and it was also the first year since 1974 that both stocks and bonds were negative in the same calendar year together. So we're going back almost 50 years since we had a, a, a market return environment like we did last year, which is kind of crazy to, to think about, 50 years. Yeah, and at some point, again, I, I think we just need to move people's attention to, okay, then what typically follows that, right? These asset yeah. classes and, and the market, it, the market is not the economy, right? And we're going to hear a lot of economic reports and are we going yeah. into recession? Are we not? Market is intended to be a forward-looking thing, right? So <laughs> we can look at all that and go, oh my God, it was historically bad. And even hearing that, like while it was happening, I, I didn't, I like, couldn't grasp that. I couldn't really grasp how this environment that we're in in 2022 is like historically bad. You expect yeah. that in a pandemic. You expect that like Great Depression, right? These yeah. are huge, horrible events. Um, but you look past that, you look at how diversification has performed in years following that, and it's going to be a pretty similar story, right? Yeah. So the, I guess that's it's a great segue. You set me up for this perfectly. It is. You're you know, welcome. A, a lot of a lot of the issues that we were facing last year in the markets, they haven't gone away. They're they're still they'll still they're still present this year. It's what is the Federal Reserve going to do? It's inflation. It's the economy. We know things are slowing down. We're starting to see those reports. So a lot of that hasn't necessarily been solved. Right. But the trend is now finally pointing in the right direction. Right. Inflation seems to have peaked at some point last year. We're getting those data points that are pointing us in the right direction. We're hoping that that also then leads to the Federal Reserve starting their uh, change in policy to point us back in the right direction, right? That So going back, last year being negative for both stocks and bonds, one of the big drivers there was the Federal Reserve interest rate policy, inflation, um, and both stocks and bonds are affected by the interest rate environment. Um, for, for better or for worse, that's kind of what drove things last year. So in thinking for this year, we may, we may not see a recession. At this point, I don't, I don't want to say it doesn't matter, but in, in terms was, of the, if they're in terms gonna, of- the I was going to use those words. Yeah. In terms of the market, like you said earlier, it's a lot of future events have to get priced into today, to your point of things being very for the market being very forward looking. This may be the most anticipated recession if we get one that we've that we have seen. So there's a lot of reasons why it should then feel like more of a non-event if it all kind of plays out the way the experts and a lot of the commentary that we're reading kind of expect. 
um, that if we do see a recession, these these big businesses are kind of prepared for it more so than when it's a, a shock to the system or just uh, a bigger a bigger uh, I don't know I, I my words are failing me here but a, a surprise a that kind of yeah <laughs> a surprise you're pulling back the curtain we usually record these on Fridays um, you know a bigger surprise to the system right. that now it feels like 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 COVID shutdown happens now how do we navigate this environment and thinking like you know these massive multinational companies this is been coming for a really long time. So in theory, even if we do have a recession, it should be relatively short-lived. It should be relatively shallow. Um, and in the eyes of the market, then we're probably gonna be feeling pretty negative, even while the market is probably starting to turn the corner and rebound uh, before we are kind of ready or, or understanding how is this happening? It just goes back to human nature. We live in the day by day. We read headlines. We're we're living in the moment, you know. But as long term investors, especially as advisors, you know, wealth managers here trying to advise people to be long term investors, when 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 would you want to do buying? When would <laughs> you want to like grab something that you feel like is going to appreciate over long periods of time? Are we trying to time the bottom? No, but that's that's why I think the market really is trying to do that for us in a way of yeah. going, well, it doesn't matter if today's the bottom or June's the bottom, where do we project things and where do we see things going? And the business cycle, the economic cycle will improve at some yeah. point. I don't know yeah. if it's this year or not, but historically speaking, the market is not waiting for that news to kind of like, all right, coast is clear, everybody. <laughs> that's, that's not it. We're, we're, we're probably historically speaking, statistically speaking, yeah. We're going to see some of that recovery, as you said, just because we're trending towards that, not because yet. Right, and you, this this just popped into my head. But you know, there 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 are there is the the wisdom of crowds, uh, and that's not the right terminology, but like the wisdom of the crowd. And the one that always sticks out in my head is, you know, you go to the you go to the county fair, and there's this jar of jelly beans, and you have to guess how many are in it, right? And there's mm -hmm. been studies on this that any one person's guess, like your odds of, of getting close to the number, very, very low. But when you take everybody's guesses and average them out, it's really darn close to what the actual number is in the jar. You get enough people inputting kind of their guess and the, the average is usually pretty darn close to the actual answer. I think the stock market is a lot like that, where you have the people that may be more optimistic, you have the people that are more pessimistic, you throw all of that into a blender, you spit it out the other side, and, and where is there more people leaning to the optimist side or to the pessimist side? And that's where you can kind of see the momentum in the markets. And I think last right. year was, was definitely a big part of that where some selling or some negative news just begat more negative and more negative and more negative. You kind of just, it's a self-perpetuating cycle at a certain point. I don't know that we're necessarily beyond that. I certainly would not be shocked if we do see a lot of volatility here over the first, I don't know, three to six months until we get a right. much clearer picture on what the Federal Reserve is going to do. But beyond that, I think we are in store for some positive returns. Again, I don't think we're just going to magically rebound and hit all-time highs just like that. But I think 2023 is a, is a pivotal year to at least take some of the pressure off of investors feeling the negative 
Um, and at least yeah. hopefully by the end of the year, you get some type of return that doesn't have a, a, you know, a minus sign in front of it. And I'll, I'll say one more thing to that. And then I think I'm done with, you know, my, yeah. the points that I would have wanted to make today. It's not just to look at, for the silver lining here. Again, I, I hope I sounded actually a little more optimistic than that. Um, but I know you and I have talked to clients a lot about this. One of, one of the positives of interest rates going up is that this whole idea of the 60-40 portfolio, hey, it didn't work, bonds didn't hold up last year. Mm -hmm. Well, at least they're yielding now, something yeah. that feels far more attractive for us, where if you think about how you go about making money, especially if we're talking to retirees with that 60-40 portfolio, mm -hmm. we, want, we want it producing income, right? You're living yeah. off of that. So even if the value is going down, that income, as long as we're not buying and selling, those values going right. down or up, that mm -hmm. income should be increasing. We're now talking to people about three and four percent CDs. I feel like we yeah. haven't done that in the last ten years. Uh, yeah, right. So there, yeah. it is to kind of lean into well that horrible reset. You know that ripping of the bandit that felt so bad. There are some positives, even if it's not this year, and even if it's not the market fully recovering, like you said, there are right. positive to this whole idea of how am I going about my retirement planning. How am I recreating my paychecks now, five years from now? Do I need to do something vastly different? I, I, don't, think, I don't think you do, generally speaking. Right. Um, and I hope more income clearly then means taking the pressure off of capital appreciation too. Yeah, it is, it is interesting with, with that kind of as the perspective that you know, for someone that is retiring and is relying on their savings to essentially recreate their paycheck, in theory, if your portfolio is able to generate a higher level of, of income than it did a year ago, in theory, you need less money to generate the, essentially that same level of income. So just from yeah. that standpoint, it's, it's, it's weird to kind of think through that lens of, okay, well, if I needed a you know, million dollars to generate 40,000, but now I only need like 800,000 to generate that same 40,000, I don't know, it just it puts into perspective kind of the, the moving variables right. for, for investments, portfolios. And at the end of the day, for most people, it really is if when I get to retirement, I just, I just need to recreate my paycheck, make sure that I have the income that I need to live the life that I want to live. Um, and yeah, the, the markets, bonds and stocks, the dy dynamic has certainly shifted for 2023 because of everything that we experienced in 2022. And We'll see where things end up, but the fact that we experienced all of that pain should at least set us up for some positive. It's just a matter of when, not if. Well said, yeah. Goes back to the original comments. It's context and perspective. So I hope we gave a little bit of both today. Yeah, and if anybody has questions, wants to talk through it, what it actually means for them and their situation, let us know, happy to go through it. Here's to a better 2023. Cheers to that. Thanks, pal. See you next time. See you soon. Yep. Hey, everyone. Adam and I really appreciate you tuning in. Please note that the opinions we voiced in the show are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific recommendations for any individual. To determine which strategies or investments may be most appropriate for you, 
consult with your attorney, your accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to making any decisions or investing. Thanks for listening.